Hello again, friends, listeners of the We Have High Expectations podcast. You know, one thing you learn after three seasons of podcasts, I was talking with one of our listeners this weekend, and uh, you spend some time on podcasting and you're going to improve. And naturally, it's going to take time, patience and time to do it right, child. You've got the next 45, sometimes longer, minutes with us on the We Have High Expectations podcast. I don't know. I don't, I don't even know what to say after that intro. <laughs> I mean, we're over here trying to build a podcasting empire, and you're going to roll out with that? Hey, that's the best I can do. Uh, After a long day, a long weekend, four straight NFL games that had my ticker pumping. You want to talk about cardiac games. Each one got better than the last. Wasn't it crazy? It was probably the best weekend of football I can remember. I mean, you were absolutely right. Once you got those seven seeds out of there. Everything was everything was great. I told you every game was going to be good. Now that we finally got those seven seeds out of the way, yeah. I told everybody last week. Now I'll tell you if you went <laughs> and picked and ran a money line parlay with the four picks I gave you last weekend, you'd made a lot of money this weekend. Did you do the math to see how much? I, uh, I haven't checked. I haven't checked what it was, but I'm guessing a four-team money line parlay with three underdogs would be yeah. pretty like would pay out a pretty significant amount. I yeah. Mean, oh, yeah. I yeah. Uh, yeah. I would say, uh, you know, the best betting tips are always the betting tips that come after the results. But I gave the result. I gave it to you. <laughs> I gave you the picks last week. I I pulled them up Saturday night. We were at a little uh, a little watch party for the Packers 49ers. And after the 49ers won, I pulled up the moment on our podcast and made everybody listen to the fact that I had picked both those games right. <laughs> that's awesome yeah it a, was it a packers watch party by the way no Pack- no no it was, oh, just no, a random it was like my damn it you know it's like my bears buddies you know like yeah Pete and putts and charlie and but putts wife was going for the packers because she had she said she had a significant amount of money on the game and about halfway through the game we found out she had seven dollars to win 37 and i was like i'll just give you seven dollars if you stop rooting for the packers <laughs> like, i might, I might give it. you 37 dollars if you stop rooting for the packers because like nobody That's wants the packers it. to win here so i mean that that block punt was like pretty much the coolest block punt of all time right like yeah like, the balls, just the balls air, just out of, yeah, it's in the air it's out of screen nobody has any idea where it's at and all of a sudden it just drops next to the guy who picks it up and scores a touchdown it was <laughs> yeah. like, this is incredible. no it was pretty awesome and yeah just uh that game so i didn't get to watch much of the Bengals titans game but i i gotta imagine each one of these games like, you know, if you do like the win probability charts or whatever, like they just had to be going crazy, right? That Packers, the Packers, you know, seemed like we're just going to stall the clock out and the Niners couldn't do anything, right, to get into to get into field goal range or at all. And then a blocked punt and a touchdown and all of a sudden, holy shit, they're going to, you know, they're right back in this game. <laughs> like, and then the, and the Bucks game was the same way. It was like a snooze fest over and then all of a sudden crazy things happen and you're like, is this rigged for Tom Brady or what's going oh, on? Oh, dude, that, that uh, 
Tom Brady getting a strip sack fumble followed directly by their center snapping at 30 yards over Matt Staff, 30 yards past Matt Stafford might have been the coolest two plays in football yeah. history back to back. I'm like, dude, the Bucks just gained 25 yards of field position <laughs> from getting sacked. Fumbled the ball. Like, yeah. You know, like, yeah. Oh, it was it was crazy. And then wrapped up uh, at night, I had a significant amount of money on the Buffalo Bills. And uh, I mean, that was probably I don't know if it was the greatest game of all time, but like the greatest pretty good yeah. of all. Time, right. That oh, was absolutely. Yeah, that was incredible. Insane. Yeah. And then 13 like, seconds left. You got to squib kick it, right? I mean, I hate, well, you know, I'm never... they just kneel down. I mean, there was foresight. They wouldn't have mattered. They just catch it and they catch it and kneel down. Maybe, yeah. maybe they kneel down at the 20 instead of the 25, or maybe they kneel yeah. down at the 30 and say, you know, you never know. They just kneel down. It's not that big a deal. If what I, what, like my, my problem is playing, um, if I were a Bills fan, which I'm not, so I don't really care. Um, but like playing Travis Kelsey with an outside leverage there, like doesn't yeah. make any sense. Right, playing with the inside leverage, make him make make him, you know, make him make him beat you to the outside and tackle him right away. Like if you play him with outside leverage and he gets to the middle of the field, you know that all the help was on the other side with Tyreek Hill. Like I just this the whole even the Chiefs guys, like I, I don't know why all the defensive backs were playing with outside leverage in the last two minutes of the game. Everybody had timeouts. So like who cares if they catch it? Yeah, like, leave it in the middle of the field like, wide yeah, open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like if they catch it in the middle of the field or you know, it just it was just bizarre. But those are like those are the best two quarterbacks in the league. Like for me, I'm just like Aaron Rodgers is awesome, but he's a douche and like I've been to one Super Bowl. Right. right? Uh, yeah. You, know, you like, want to talk about the Packers and yeah, they've had Favre and Rodgers and only gotten to three Super Bowls, right? And like yeah, the last in thirty in thirty some years of thirty five years or whatever. Um, and two straight that. two straight years now where they were the number one seed and everybody's got to come into Frozen uh, Lambo and and beat the Packers and it's happened. They had you know two years in a row as the one seed and they fizzle out and don't make the Super Bowl. So yeah, I mean. I hear a lot of Packers fans say to me like, Oh, you got one Super Bowl and Yeah, you know, exactly. The, and it's like, yeah, well, I mean, like if we want to just like so you guys got the first two, okay, so let's cares, right? Like, so you guys have won two with two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. We can't find a quarterback that can throw the ball across the freaking street. Like, so like and really Rocky who Rose still like, got so, us to a Super Bowl. What yeah, did so I see like, the cares? the uh the Baltimore Ravens I think it was, yeah, the Baltimore Ravens with Trent Dilfer and Joe Flacco have more Super Bowl or just as many Super Bowl rings as the Packers with Favre and Rodgers, you know, like going back. That's crazy. It is. So it's. So Brett Favre started in like, like 1993, right? Is that right? Like 92, 93, somewhere in that time frame. Yeah. 1992. 1992. I'm just looking at it right here. Brett Favre. That's when he started. Uh, nineteen ninety two saw the emergence of Brett Favre. Okay, so since nineteen ninety two, that's I mean, dude, that's what, thirty years? Starting this year and they've been to three Super Bowls with two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, like And yeah, how many MVPs has Aaron Rodgers won? I mean, you know, the best quarterback, obviously Tom Brady's been playing, yeah. but yeah, in in the AFC though, for the most of his career. So um no, I and I obviously the Packers 
recent history, the Packers, you know, have far outperformed the Bears, but in the grand scheme of the entire NFL, the most uh, underperforming, underwhelming success that, you know, versus what they should have had, what they've gone into the playoffs with. And, and um, it's, yeah, it's let's pretty be honest. remarkable. Let's pretty just be remarkable. honest. We, we, hate, we hate the Packers. So, Absolutely. you know. And I, to see how cool was it to see our old friend Robbie Gold, Gold Don't Rust, baby, still perfect in, dude, the, in his it. career postseason. He's so awesome. <laughs> We Ryan Pace thought he was washed four years ago, cut him, or didn't re-sign him, and gave ten million dollars in cap guaranteed money over two years to Cody Frickin' Parkey. And four years after that, Robbie Gold makes basically the same kick in a divisional playoff game that Cody Parkey, that Parkey could not make. Going, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. No, that, yeah, that like year. It's just kind of like came full circle now. I mean, and. I don't even want to talk about what the Bears are doing in this coaching <laughs> jam search. Like, let me just, let me just say this: if you've got 15 candidates, you don't have one candidate. You don't know what you're looking for. If you've got 15 candidates for a GM job and 15 candidates for a coaching, you don't know what you're looking for. And the only way that this turns out well is you got lucky throwing a dart. Like, well, and I. It. Yeah, I will say I'm, I'm going to use this to segue back to the Bills Chiefs and then we'll and then we'll get get on with uh, other topics. But, you know, what the Bears are going to do, I called it this weekend, is they're going to hire Jim Caldwell or Leslie Frazier. And it's going to be, uh, you know, it, it's going to be a PR nightmare with the fans when they should be hiring uh the Bills offensive coordinator, Brian Dable or whatever, right? They should be hiring the offensive coordinator. They're instead going to hire their defensive coordinator who failed as a coach at the Vikings because here's how the Bears think, right? Well, we just we just went and tried the the offensive coordinator for one of the best offenses in the in the league with one of the great uh quarterbacks, Matt Nagy, and that didn't work. So now we got to go get an experienced defensive guy. They, you know, they're going to go the opposite way and we're going to end up with like Leslie, that works. Said, Leslie Frazier. That works so well with John Fox. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, well, we're right and back. The there, Matt yeah. Nagy thing works so well with Mark Tressman. And yeah. like, you can just go like, just hire the right, hire the right guy to run your football ops. Like, but they can't do that because they don't know what they, they don't know what the like they don't know what they're looking for. They don't have they any don't concept of like they just don't have any clue, and it's it's super frustrating. But we'll go back to the Bills. I, I don't really think they should hire Brian Dayball, but whatever. Um, dude, Josh Nelson or Josh Nelson, Josh, uh, <laughs> Josh Allen, yeah, Josh Allen. Like he was terrible his rookie season, like just awful. And then for the first half of his second season, he was not good either. And then that first playoff game he played against uh, the Houston Texans, like he made like three of the dumbest plays I've ever seen a quarterback yeah, make. Right. Remember, he yeah. just like threw like a he threw a jump ball to a fullback in double coverage, like forty five yards down the field, and it got got intercepted. And like it just didn't he like throw do the old throw on the run and the ball like slipped out of slipped his hand of his and went hand. backwards yeah, or something. Like, yeah, it was just it was absolutely was incredible how bad he was. Yeah. He's freaking unbelievably good now. Like oh, they, yeah. He's unstoppable. They, they used him in that game like you would use a um, a great athlete playing quarterback in two-way high school football, right? Like, yeah, it, we're going to run it, quarterback uh, sweep. We're going to pull guards and tackles and 
quarterback powers and throw and you know throwing the ball deep and like it was just it was it was awesome and then it was the it reminds was unbelievable too oh yeah yeah well the, that Tyreek Hill play and then the last 13 seconds Mahomes is to play I mean just yeah just crazy but it reminded it reminds me of like kind of what the Niners do with Debo where it's just like well all our running backs are hurt let's just throw yeah. our best athlete on on the team at running back and well the Bills are kind of doing that only it's the quarterback yeah. you know yeah just, no it was he and was we and we haven't even talked about you know the Bucks being down 27 to 3 and tying a game and then you know Matt Stafford, Stafford making a bomb yeah throw to, to Cooper top. Cup you know yeah. like it was just a like every game was awesome Absolutely. And then here, uh, yeah, it was absolutely, like I said, every game was awesome and each next game was more awesome than the previous one, which you didn't think was was possible when you were watching the previous one, you know, it was just kept, it just kept getting better and better. And then, um, what's your thoughts on, uh, the whole discussion around the overtime? I know, you know the Bills. Oh, it's what it is. Like I mean, the Bills uh, didn't lose the game on the coin flip. They they, they lost the game because they let them get into field goal range with 13 seconds and two right. plays, right? But yeah. I did see today winning the OT coin flip boosted the Chiefs' win probability by 12 and a half percent. So a pretty important play in the game was. And one thing I don't think it's I've ever seen it. Tails failed. They called tails, and it came up heads. I mean, I mean, the history of in the history of coin tosses. I mean, there is a slogan. Tails that never slogan failed. is there for a reason. So <laughs> I don't know. Like, what do you? What, like, I don't what, know what, 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 what. What's better? Like, you can't just play forever. Like, yeah. And you, like, do you just say in the playoffs we're just gonna have a fifteen? We're gonna have a ten minute overtime? Like. Well, they have a 10 minute overtime in the regular season. No, but I mean, do you just say, do you have, we're going to play the full 10 minutes? Do you just say yeah, that? I, like, well, it, this, it, last night, I'm pretty sure they put, they put 15 minutes on the clock. They did. And yeah. in, in the regular season, they have a 10, 10 minute overtime. And yeah. we saw, we see quite a bit of ties anymore because, you know, you don't go down and score that first. You don't get it in the end zone. If you hold them out of the end zone, a lot of that 10 minutes is gone, man. You know, the other team doesn't have that much time to go all the way down the other end of the field to get a touchdown. They end up kicking a field goal and tying it or nobody scores. So I don't know either. I feel so like I feel like thing. you could have a, a different circumstance for the playoffs because it, it's got to I mean, you know. Josh but you're Allen changing all of you're that. Changing football, you're changing football no matter what. Right. But in, yeah. in, a, in an over because like say you. Say you just say we're just going to give the other team the chance too. Well, now that other team, they're going to go for it on every you know they're going to go for it on every fourth down. Like yeah, and that's not true. that that's right. not how we play it throughout the you know throughout. so so no matter what something's going to change and somebody's going to bitch about something because there's eight billion websites and you know five million guys like us with podcasts. Now I know we're one of the top sports podcasts oh. out there, but. You maybe know, not, maybe not listenership, but definitely rating. Definitely, rating yeah, five. definitely, yes, for, for those five star ratings. But people got to bitch about something, you know, instead of just being like, yeah, well, you know, don't give up, don't give up forty five yards in thirteen seconds. Like, you yeah. know, like if 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 Buckner made a sixty five yard field goal to send it in overtime, I'd be like, okay, he made a forty nine yarder, you know, like it was like, uh, come on, guys, like you, you know, like I don't have a ton of sympathy for the uh, for the Bills other than you know, like. 
Josh Allen and that Davis guy, who apparently the Chiefs had no idea was on the field, is my thinking with him. Like, they just forgot he was out there. Like, is that? (laughs) Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, four touchdowns. No, yeah, they, they didn't cover him all game, it didn't seem like. But, yeah, that that to me is, and it happens all the time, right, where a great offensive performance or a great quarterback's performance isn't enough because of poor defensive play or the other team's offense is better, right? You know, it's just yeah. – I so if you're Josh Allen, you can feel for Josh Allen, certainly. The guy, what else could he have done? I mean, the guy played, in, you know, the best game of his life against – the best team he's played in the biggest moment mm-hmm. and his defense let him down, right? The coin nope. flip didn't let him down his defense, right. you know? So, and, that and the defense the still had a chance to hold him to a field goal. Now yeah, exactly. the time they held Kansas city to a field goal is when for some reason, offensive genius, Andy Reid decided not to snap the ball to Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> they did that. They did that against the Steelers too. They, they, they ran yeah. wild at fumbled. The Steelers ran back for a touchdown. And I'm like, why would you ever snap? Why would you snap it to anybody other than Patrick Mahomes ever? Like, that doesn't make any sense. And then <laughs> it's third and one, and it's like, okay, let's bring in a tight end and run. I know it's Blake Bell from Oklahoma, but still, like, why? Yeah, hey, overthinking make any sense. it. Yeah, so overthinking it. You got the best player, but, but yeah, no, I, to, to your point about quarterbacks, you know, like, this will kind of segue into later on in the show when you talk about um, the critic corner, but Kurt Warner. Ooh led three touchdown drives in Super Bowls in the last five minutes of a game and only won one of them. Yeah. He's on the sideline for Tom Brady going down the field, kicking a field goal. He's on the sideline for Roethlisberger going down the field and hitting Santonio Holmes. Like, Warner played good in those games, took his team down and scored or took the lead. I can't remember if he took the lead against the Patriots or not, but they were ahead against the Steelers. Tied, yeah. Um, yeah, they were definitely ahead against the other the one. The defense made a play on the one Barely. yard. Like, yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah. Been, yeah. So could have been zero for three, uh, or zero and three. So those things happen, and I don't think it's a coin flip. But I, I don't, I don't think we should be talking about a coin flip when it was just like maybe the coolest last, what unbelievable was, last five minutes of a football game I've ever seen. It was unreal. So you mentioned it four for four in last week's picks. You yep. had. You had these AFC and NFC championship games. The fans are dying to know not only who wins this the coming weekend, but who. Okay, I'll give them all. The Let's give them all because I'm going to be I'm going to be gone next week, so we're not going to have a podcast next week. So I'm going to be um, taking a little taking a little break from from life to to swing some golf clubs. Break from life. That sounded weird. Um. Anyway. Uh, I want people to know I'm not just picking the favorites here. I picked three dogs. I picked three three underdogs to win outright, Brad. Okay, so write you. these down. I hear you. Parlay them at your own risk or don't parlay them at your own risk because you're probably leaving money on the table if you don't put these together. But I'm taking uh, – I'm going to take the Los Angeles Rams at home and the Kansas City Chiefs at home, and I'm going to take the Kansas City Chiefs to beat the Los Angeles Rams in the Super Bowl. There you go, folks. There you go. Hey, and I'll tell you this much. I don't know what the lines are for these games. I think I just picked both favorites, but yeah. I'm going to take them both to cover, too. Take them both to cover. I'm now the Chiefs. To cover. Uh, man. Chiefs are probably about seven. 
Six we and got half, ourselves seven. a little gambling corner. The Chiefs are seven-point favorites over seven the Bengals. You know what I would have done? I would have I gone with a hook on that if I was setting the line. 7.5. 7.5. You gotta, I think you would have got some more people on the Bengals that way. There you go. You gotta, you gotta throw then, that hook. You gotta throw that hook in. Where where would you put the Rams? Niners I think, line. I then. think the Rams are maybe two and a half. Close, but uh, this is where your hook is. Uh, if the Rams are three point five, three and a half point favorites, so they got a little hook on the I Rams. I don't like. I don't like that hook now that I had them to cover. I'll still take them to cover. I'll still <laughs> <laughs> hook line and sinker six two and even out the door. We used to there do this uh, when we were like, when we would, like uh, I remember we were driving over to like some Iowa. I think we were driving over to Iowa. I was thinking when we one time it was me and Pete Corcoran and John, and I had a, a printout of every line yeah, of, like, that of, we did, of, and then better. like we try to guess the guess the lines. It was a lot of fun. And then like yeah, and then you'd be like calling your bookie because you're like find a line that you think's way off, and guess what. You, you you weren't right. You were off. Vegas was yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Funny how that works. Uh, Funny how that so, works. Anyway, so we were playing. So when we were over at this this game, this uh, Packers game watch, right? We were doing a little gambling, and so uh, Charlie wants to play Canadian blackjack. You ever played Canadian blackjack? I have. I, I don't even think I've heard of it. So Is Canadian blackjack basically like. Um, he plays against you. Charlie's the dealer and he plays against you one-on-one, right? And you don't make your bet until you get your first card, right? But a yeah. push, a push goes to the dealer. And so we're kind of playing, he's going around the table playing. And finally I look at Pete and I just go, yeah, that whole push goes to the dealer things makes a big difference after I lost like 50 bucks and two hands pushing on twenties. You know, I'm like, Oh, now I see. Uh, now, now, now I see why he wanted to play Canadian blackjack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. just a little tip: don't play Canadian blackjack with Charlie Beeler. Wow, so. the dealer, the dealer, or the house always wins, right? Correct. There you have it, folks. NFL divisional weekend wrap up: the best divisional weekend ever. Anything? Uh, where do we want to go next? You want to talk? Uh, you want to talk Iowa Hawkeye hoops? Yeah, let's go there. Hawkeyes, since our last taping, Hawkeyes went one and one, lost a barn burner at uh, Rutgers in Piscataway, 48 to 46. Some paint was drying watching that one and uh, came back home and kind of a lackluster first half, but ended up playing better in the second half and taking care of Penn State at home. So still sitting four and four, 500 in the Big Ten. Big one coming up on Thursday uh, with Purdue coming to town. What's your take on uh, the Hawkeyes? Are they playing defense or are we just running into bad uh, offensive teams? You know, I I think they're playing defense. Um, and I mean, also obviously playing, they're, they're playing off, defense. They're, they're, they're not they're, just scoring yeah. and then running off to the bench and then coming back on. I mean, that would that would. Are you done with your terrible joke? Oh, that I mean. Talk about a fireable offense. That would be, that would be something. Keep rolling. I'll, I'll lay out here. Go ahead. So in my mind, when I said, are they playing defense? I meant the quality of their defense. Not no, I, that they were literally taking the defense off. All right, go ahead. No, I, 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 I definitely knew what you were talking about. Um, anyway. <laughs> Speaking um, of a hook, you just hug me yeah, up and dry there. Yeah. So, no, I, <laughs> yes, they are playing some teams that aren't, great on defense right or on offense however 
we've played teams that weren't great on offense before and given up a lot of points exactly. and a lot of efficient, you know, and uh, um, I think we competed on defense, you know, like even when things weren't going well on offense at Rutgers, I don't think we ever blinked on defense, which we do quite a bit when things typically, you know, we're not getting a call, you know, we we're missing some shots that has a tendency where all of a sudden the other team goes on a 10 run or something on us. And we never did that at Rutgers. So I was actually like, obviously like we're not going to score 46 points in a game very often. Like that's, that's a complete outlier. So I'm not too concerned about that. We just didn't make some shots that were, that were open. And then we kind of didn't take some shots that I thought we yeah. should have took. I thought yeah. we got a little, you know, a little, uh, um, what I want to say, I, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, but Franny always says sideways. It's sideways. That's a good one. Yeah, we got a little sideways. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, we got a little sideways. But you know, at the end of the day, you know, you're you're right there on the road, and you got kind of you got hosed. Let's just be real. Like, I mean, I'll I'll say what I said to you too. Yes, it's a terrible call in the context of the game and the way Rutgers played defense and didn't get called for things, it's an even worse call. Like, so you got hosed. However, score 50 points in a basketball game. You know, like, uh, so I'm, I, I, that that game, I was actually probably more encouraged coming out of that game than I would have been if we would have won, like, 88, 86 or something. Sure. You know, like, sure. uh, it's one of those things where it's like, maybe we're turning a corner here to be better. And then I thought in the first half against Penn State, we didn't rebound worse shit. In the second half, we were great. We were tough. Rebound the ball. Tony Perkins got a ton of offensive rebounds, just provided some toughness, and we went out and, and made some shots. And Penn State, they just decided they weren't going to let us score 100 points or 80 points, right? They played yeah, slow. They just, slowed, they it just up. Yep. slowed it up. And we were like, okay, cool. You're, we'll, we'll defend you. And then in the second half, we rebounded and, you know, and kind of ran away with it. So I, I'm, I'm kind of encouraged. And, and this is coming from a guy who has not been very encouraged by the results of the Iowa basketball this team this year, right? I haven't thought I, – I, even told you, I just don't think we're very good. But the last two two games here, I'm I'm pretty encouraged. And if we can, you know, maybe get out and steal one against Penn, Purdue here, then you know, then all of a sudden, schedule sets up pretty good. So the back half of the schedule is yeah. pretty uh, favorable when you talk about two against Nebraska. We got Minnesota got at Penn home. State again. You got yeah, you got Northwestern at home. I mean, you got a lot of winnable. You get Michigan and Michigan State at home. You know, before the end, the very end of the season at Michigan at Illinois, and then your Michigan's uh, yeah. probably gonna start playing better at some point. But, um, but yeah, I, you know, we got got a chance for you know I'm on Bartorvik right now. Their projected records 21 and 10 and 11 and 9, and that would be enough to get you in as a seven or an eight seed. You know. So, and Palm, uh, your weather guys got the same, 21 and 10, 11 yeah. and 9. And that's where I've seen, uh, in, you know, the bracket matrix or a lot of the bracketologies as I was, I was sitting in that 8 to 9 range. So um, familiar you, territory for Hawkeye fans. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of where we're at. That's kind of what we are. You would have taken you know, that at the start of the year, too, with this team and, and losing Garza and Wieskamp. And, you know, I mean, I think just any tournament team uh, is, a, is, a, is a good step for this year's team, but, um, but yeah, and I, I'm with you on the Rutgers thing that, you know, both like you, you often say this about a lot of things as well in today's world, it's right or wrong. It's black or white. It's left or right. It's, you know, both things can be true. Iowa mm-hmm. should have played better and it should not have come down to a tie game at the end. Right. 
and, and they got that screwed. was the worst foul call I've ever seen in my <laughs> yeah. life. It shouldn't yeah. have yeah. the game shouldn't have ended that way. Right. Yeah, both things Absolutely. can be true, you know. Absolutely, so, both things are true. So, uh, and I actually thought Keegan kind of got fouled on that. Like the guy, I, I couldn't tell if he got hit on the arm on that three pointer, like. But the yeah. guy definitely was up underneath him, and you called the hand check on the last one. You didn't give him a chance to land. Like, I mean, obviously, it's it, it would have been just as terrible of a call, like you know, the other way. But, um, but yeah, like you said, both things are true. Yeah, score fifty. And I will say, and I will say as well, um, which, <laughs> you know, this is maybe a low bar that's been set, but the reaction by. Fran and the reaction, you know, I mean, we got screwed. It is what it is. We moved on. Yeah, we won the next game. Years passed, you know, Franny goes crazy. And then all of a sudden that's the story in the media and the season unravels, you know, that's, that's happened before. So showing some composure there, hopefully, uh, leads I think to, he, I, th- I think he gets, I think, I think, I think he gets along with Pykele and I think, yeah, like, true. And it just seems like they have these really tough, intense games, but there's not like it doesn't seem like Fran like loses his shit in those games. Like, true. like so did he did he lose it and get teed up in this one or not? There was one point where he was mad about something. I don't think he got teed up, though. I don't think so either. Um, I don't see it on the box score here, but I'm not sure they would put technicals on. They would. They should. The box score. I don't know if Ken Palm does. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I don't right. think yeah, so. But I'm with you. He's a northeastern guy. He's probably too busy tracking that, you know, that polar vortex down from Canada to put technical fouls in box scores. So. That's true. Yeah, no, he's he's an he's a northeastern guy, Pennsylvania guy. So yeah, they probably are, you know, our buddies. Um, and it's a difference when it's a tough physical game and when it's one way physical and not being handled correctly either, but that still was the last, uh, that last play was the freaking worst call. Worst call. So, ever. I also think you're probably right. You know, I think you, I, I said, Iowa basketball fans are kind of fair weather, you, you know, and then we had mentioned eight o'clock tips and all that stuff, a Saturday game against Penn state sold out, you know, absolutely. Like, yeah. So if you can get, if you can get some games on Saturdays, they get a lot more people. And now we go back to, you know, a uh, Thursday at eight, another Thursday at eight, another Thursday at eight, you know, a Tuesday at six, a Thursday at eight. You know, I mean, you just go through here and it's just. I think I said we, it in my. We just, in got, my, we just got screwed there, too. Well, you got to. Yeah, uh, I think I said it in my uh, in in our text group, but um, the Big Ten Network ruined it basketball which obviously it didn't because of the money yeah. that it brings in and i'm not but back in the day when we were on raycom the hawkeyes could pick when they started and it was always seven o'clock on the on seven the o'clock on we- seven and, o'clock on wednesday and then like whatever know, time on yeah one two three o'clock on saturday right and yeah. now no matter every weekday it's not going to be good for the central time zone teams it's either six or it's eight you know mm-hmm. and and it it is dumb yes but especially in is, winter yeah. in iowa sometimes it's tough to get off work or get out of work if you're working from home and get there by six in and eight o'clock you're not home till midnight late. yeah yeah exactly if you're so. coming from out of town exactly so yeah so you got thursday uh, against purdue you got purdue's an eight o'clock game minnesota's a 3 30 on sunday um 
game. That should have a pretty good crowd because that's the bye week of the NFL playoffs. So that should actually have a pretty good crowd. Then you got Super Bowl Sunday at 2 o'clock against Nebraska. Ain't nobody going to be there Yeah, for that. you know. And then Thursday at 6 against Michigan. Tuesday Monday, at 6 right? against Michigan or... State. And then there's a Monday in there at 8 o'clock. Like... On the Big Ten Network, like it's just like okay, well, whatever. So brutal. Um, the only only yeah. the second time we played on Saturday all year. The other time was in South at the Pentagon against Utah State, and that was a huge crowd, which for other reasons as well, but yeah. also a Saturday. So, but what are you gonna do when Kevin Warren makes the schedule? F them kids. Anything else on uh, our Hawkeye Hoops roundup? I don't have anything on the Hawks right now other than, you know, I'm a little more upbeat than I was last week. I like to see it. I like I to still, see it. I, if, if, I was, if I was doing the tournament right now, I still wouldn't have them in, though, because they're still. <laughs> haven't beaten anybody. Still, still 0-4 in quad one, you know. So. Yep. Our best uh, win, Indiana, they did beat Purdue at home, but then lost. Uh, Pretty so, bad to Michigan at home. So, yeah. Yeah. So, what's what are they in the net? Yeah, who cares? Uh, we'll I don't know what they we'll are in the later. net. We'll they are there. currently 34th in Ken Palm, and Iowa is yeah. 20th. So. so, yeah, we'll do we'll do that net. Who, do you know who's number one in the net? Houston. The Arizona Wild. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. You, Houston is three. Number three. Houston. Houston. Well, yeah, Indiana's pretty far down. They're 42, so they got a way to go to get us into a quad one win there. But, but yeah, could happen. Could happen. It could. You never know. Well, we are excited here to uh, debut a new segment on the We Have High Expectations podcast. Drewski, are you ready to open up the Critics Corner? I, I mean, I suppose. It's the movies. Let's go to the movies. Butter your popcorn and get a soda pop. Critics Corner. Feature presentation. Critics Corner. We even got some. We even got some music. Uh, you want the second verse of that? Yeah. You what's the, the second, what's verse, the second of verse of that? Yeah. Is there a second verse of that song? It's probably about Junior Mints and Sour Patch Kids, or what? Oh yeah, absolutely. Maybe popcorn. Isn't okay, I was joking. No, oh, <laughs> how about some dots or some junior mints? Cut him off. All right, Critics Corner. Hey, uh, for my friends in uh, my old hometown of Waverly, Iowa, the Kurt Warner movie, American Underdog, was playing uptown here in Sumner at the Sunset Theater. I'm not sure what's now playing these days at the Palace Theater in Waverly. But um, I hear there's a lot of big things going on there. But American Underdog, I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna ruin the ending for you guys. All right, I'm not gonna play any spoilers on this one, the Kurt Warner story. But uh, I thought it was a really good movie, and uh, really cool. Um, you know, obviously a really cool story. I've always been a kurt warner fan and uh pulled for him the one thing i can't get over with this movie however is you want to talk about you know historical context kurt warner quarterback of the uni panther football team 
and the scenes in the movie, he's practicing and he's playing football games, home football games, outdoors at like a high school stadium, it seemed like. And I was just like, what? How do you have the UNI Panthers playing outdoors? I couldn't like it, it, it. I couldn't get over it all movie. And then what made it even more like unbelievable is uh, they, you know, show his years in the arena league and he's playing for the Iowa Barnstormers down in the big city. And that's indoors. Obviously, they're like indoors at the old vets memorial. And I'm like, why? Why wouldn't you just use that? indoor setting throw some purple and gold on there and call it the unidome it makes no sense to me whatsoever but uh but other than that solid movie all around pretty cool too they throw in some like some old clips you know i mean obviously it's a movie but they throw in like some old real clips from like espn or like cbs the super bowl when it i think it was it might it wouldn't have been summer all in madden uh, but anyways, they throw in some old clips that when the Barnstormers played Tampa Bay in the Arena Bowl, they showed the ESPN clips, and it was, um, I think Todd Christensen was doing the play-by-play, and a young Kirk Herbstreet was the color commentator, and then they go to the fan shop, and there's like fans in like cow costumes and shit because they call you know they played in the barn. And Mike Golick, Mike Golick Sr. is like in the middle of the crowd. And it's like, it's actually like ESPN footage from back in the 90s when there was arena football in, in Des Moines. It was pretty awesome. I was just like, holy shit, Kirk Street, And he looked like 14. Uh, it's good stuff. Good stuff all around. Okay. That's, that was Critics Corner. Critics Corner, and hey, we're not done yet. The Critics Corner, Brad Gage giving American Underdog five out of five stars. Where did you say you saw American Underdog? The Sunset Theater in Sumner, you Iowa. You gave it five stars after just complaining that much about the, 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 not having the Unidome? You still gave it five stars? Absolutely. It was a great oh, movie, boy. but yeah, you got to have the Unidome. I couldn't believe it. So you saw it at the Sunset Theater. You, I, I did look up for you um, what was currently playing at the Waverly Palace Theater. <laughs> On cinemaclock.com, Waverly Palace Theater, 90 East Bremer Avenue, Waverly, Iowa, now playing. And there's now an, there's like a triangle with an exclamation point inside of it. And it says, this theater is closed. Thank you. <laughs> so, Happy holiday. I want I wanted you to say the last the movie that played there, and it would be like now playing at the Waverly Palace Theater, Blue Chips. It hasn't been in <laughs> something way old. Uh, that's good. The other thing, the other thing that's great is how much of an asshole they made Mike Martz out to be in this in this movie. Yeah. He, Yes. Mike yeah, he probably it was pro- that part probably was entirely accurate. Mike Martz being an asshole, but that's the greatest show on turf. So your uh, your your review just reminded me of the uh, the Parks and Rec episode where Perd Happily does a movie review of ET, and he's like, "It's a heartwarming tale, but it's just not believable." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, this as well. If it didn't happen, if it wasn't based on a true story, I wouldn't believe it. I mean, what a story! That's why I give ET one and a half stars. <laughs> yeah, there was something else. Wildy, our fr- our friends from uh, the Northeast Iowa Cedar Valley, 
Kurt and Brenda met at Wild E Coyotes, which was a country bar. Um, this would have been before my time at UNI, obviously back in the 90s. And I, I couldn't, Jenny and I couldn't think what that bar was named, like the Rendezvous or something. There was a, there was a country bar, the Scarlet Rose, maybe. I don't know. Somebody send it to us in the mailbag, and maybe it was Wildy e. Coyotes back when Kurt was there, and the name changed by the time I got to to you and I. But, uh, but yeah, good stuff all around. Good stuff all the way around. Well, that I think that kind of wraps it up. We're a little short this week, but we went long last week, so that probably. It was a conversation that we, yeah, it was an important conversation. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm we glad. I'm glad we had it last I'm week. I'm glad we had it last week. Yeah. I'm glad there we you had go. It. Did anything come from that punk Bremer, Bremer County cyclone this week or not? Cyclone. I did not. Uh, I did not. I, I meant to say cyclone. That was a Freudian slip right there. I like it. I like it. You know, um, we had a, we had a voicemail from him, but it was not anything mailbag, you know, it was not a mailbag question for the podcast. So we'll get your mailbag questions back in for next. Well, I guess not. It'll be, uh, it'll be two weeks, correct? Cause next week uh, you're going to be taking a bye week much like the NFL. Nothing from Bremer County Cyclone this week, but I'm sure after your answer last week he'll be uh he's probably taking some time to formulate his thoughts and come right back at you nice nice well i'll slap him right down again he's not on my level he's probably bremer county side side it sounds like the type of person that would misread a map and think that 12 million people lived in madison wisconsin It's a big town, not quite that big, but it's a big town. <laughs> or six million, or whatever it was. That's a, that's a, He sounds like the type of person that would play laser tag for eight minutes and think it was a half hour. <laughs> I think I he sounds I think like you're getting them confused now. He, he he sounds like the type of person that would dial nine for an outside line in a bar and then a room number and the room number being 112 and actually call 911. That's the type of person that Bremer County size sounds like. <laughs> he sounds like the type of person that would steal a friend's t-shirt and not give it back for 30 years. <laughs> now, all of those, all of those are true, except for, I must say that dialing 911 from the hotel bar was actually me. That was me. And that I was the that. one that was super tired after playing. After playing yeah. Oh, what a great trip. The old, what was it? The old fourth base? Fourth base. Cheese logs. <laughs> Good times all around. All right, Drewski. Well, take care, my man. Enjoy your week off, and we'll uh, come back hot and heavy in a couple of weeks.